from Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 444. Today's show is brought to you by our excellent sponsors, ExpressVPN, and indeed, I'm one of your co-hosts, Federico Vitici, and it's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Federico. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Good. Uh, it's good to be back. Episode 444. It's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? It's it's nice. It's we're nice. also two things. We're coming up on five hundred really quickly, uh, and also our tenth anniversary coming up really quickly. It's wild. Wait, what? Oh my god. Okay. And I am joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello. I think that like fifty six weeks is not that quick. Oh, is that how many we actually have? Yeah. Well, well you said we're coming up on five hundred quickly, and it's four four four. I mean, it's not that far. Four fifty is is sooner. That's you know, true. That, that's coming up pretty quick. Oh, 450 will be near. Now it'll be Close before it, I checked. WBC. When's 500? Is that near WBC next year? I mean, it, what's well, mm, 56 weeks? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that, that's down. given that we do an episode a week, which sometimes we take off during Christmas, which is how yeah. Upgrade passed us. Yeah. Now I cannot. I cannot count in weeks. Like <laughs> when you say something in weeks, like I this totally... is one of the things that Siri is actually good at. Is like yeah, I guess how many like what's the day X amount of days from today or weeks from today or whatever. Mm. I, it's, I do it's that like, kind of stuff a lot, and it's good. It's like you know when you have those parents and they have a kid, and you're like, yeah, uh, you know, for example, like how old is she? And some parents go like, oh, she's seventy two months. Like, what does mm -hmm. that mean? Yeah. So give give me like a year. Yeah, I think after twelve months, stop doing that. But no, but but there's people who do that. Like it actually happened to me like a few months ago. I heard someone say, "Oh, she's forty four months old." Like, wait, what? I don't I don't know what that means. Episode five hundred will be around May first next year. Okay, ish. Mm. May the first be with you. So we have to take like five weeks off. Or something. <laughs> Can't do that. Okay. I, got, I got bills to pay. <laughs> that was that. That was the beautiful thing where it, me and Brad hit episode five hundred on the exact day of our tenth anniversary for the pen addict. It's inc incredible. Like it just lined up. Basically, we spotted it. We usually take an episode off over Christmas, right? Like we do on this show, and it worked. Out. If we didn't do that, if we just did an episode every single week, I noticed like months before we was we were going to hit it. Perfect. And it was that was awesome. It's like the exact day, I did realize while recording today that next week I've been I've been podcasting for thirteen years. Wow, now horrible thought. That's <laughs> such a long time. A bunch of people wrote in, Step and Ben being two of them, that I'm basically doing my AirPod shuffle backwards, right? So I talked about I take one out, put it in the mm -hmm. case, get the other one, put it in, and the audio doesn't restart. Mm -hmm. Wait. No, that's what I should do. Oh, my God. What I'm doing is putting them in both ears and pulling one out. So, anyways, it's very confusing. So, what are you actually saying here? Okay. So, what I've been doing, uh -huh. I take, I'm, I'm wearing one AirPod, right? Because I don't yeah. want to get hit by a car. But I want to switch ears for some reason. What I've been doing is putting the second one in and then taking the first one out. And then it pauses the yep. audio and it won't restart. Yeah. Right? Because it's the ear detection thing. What I should do, which everybody wrote in, I think y'all said this maybe, but maybe we didn't. I didn't. I didn't go back and listen. But uh, I should take the one out and then put the other one in, and then it should pick back up. So, anyways, I'm gonna try that next time. I'm not sure that you know what you're trying. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I I don't follow here. Like, I'm so confused. 
Yeah, I'm. I, here's the thing. I don't understand, <laughs> and I think Stephen understands. So how about this? <laughs> you report back next week. <laughs> like I feel like I'm staring. I'm staring at this text, yeah. and the more I I try to read it, the more I keep drifting off. <laughs> first take the airport year and placing in the case. The action passes the audio. You then put the second. Oh, okay. I think I follow. If you take the AirPod out and then put the AirPod in, yes. I don't think it does restart. Hmm. So maybe there is no fix. Well, the f- what AirPods do you have? They're AirPods Pro Two, the newest ones. Right. Right. Well, then do what Step says. You just you just squeeze the AirPod and it will restart again. Like I think I have all that turned off. I should look. Why? I don't know. It's the, the best feature. I don't like squeezing my ears. No, you're not squeezing the ears. <laughs> you're squeezing the AirPod. <laughs> Those you've been getting it wrong the whole time. What you need to <laughs> why, do is why squeezing my earlobe not do anything. Yeah, why? Why? Doesn't Apple's it do doomed. Anything? Tell? Just squeeze the stem and it restarts the audio. Okay, again. okay. I will do some practicing and, and I will report back. Please. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of you want to take this next one? So I made reference to the delayed game is never good. Bad game is always rubbish. Yes. Quote or whatever the quote is from. Yes. Or not Shigeru Miyamoto, Max wrote in to say, I recently did an interview with a person that sparked the hunt for the origin of the Miyamoto quote about delaying games. We chatted about the quest to find the source and the twists and turns that it took. Plenty of links in the original threads and sources if you'd like. I am going to listen to this. This is a part of the Max Frequency podcast because uh, I want to know this. Like, I-, I was familiar recently that someone was trying to find it out, which is how it ended up becoming a thing that, oh, it turns out he didn't actually say it. So uh, this sounds like a good history of that. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna listen to it. Okay. I recommend that connected listeners do too. We also spoke about voice isolation, and we got a- an email from Anthony who said that they're a FedEx driver, and so they drive this like loud diesel rattly truck, and they have used voice isolation since the beta and it's like amazing on phone calls, um, which is really cool. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad they're doing more processing because for years the iPhones have had multiple microphones, right? And Apple's had some limit of noise reduction, but this is on top of that. And in fact, you can play with this in GarageBand or Logic. There's a new um, Apple Audio unit called AU Sound Isolation that you can put on a track, and hmm. it gets rid of basically all background stuff. So I did, I I played with this this morning and just with some audio that I had laying around and it does do a good job of getting rid of background stuff. I'm not sure it sounds as good as something like Isotope, which is like a a very expensive uh, suite of audio editing tools that like Jason and I use for some things, but it's pretty good. And if you're looking to like clean something up, I think in particular, uh, using AU sound isolation and something like GarageBand would get you really far down the road without having to go out and buy something expensive. So uh, I was unaware that it was an audio unit, uh, but I am super glad that it is. And I think that's I think it's cool when Apple uses tech, like bits of technology across different products and things. And so good work. That's super cool. I had no idea that that was the thing. I want to try that out. Those things to me, though, I never really like them. I tend to like I'll use some kind of you know, like like removal of, of background sound processing. And I tend to end up going back. Like for me, I think sometimes you can suffer through the, you know, sound of a fan or whatever, then like the kind of 
roboticness that I find that a lot of those sound isolation things do. For a phone call, it's fine, but for podcasts, uh, I don't know. My mom told me I sounded metallic hmm. when I tested voice isolation with her. There you go. It's like, hey, yeah. how do I sound? She's like, oh, you sound metallic. Okay. But I, I, do you know what? I understand what she means by that. Yeah, like, yeah. It's hard to describe, but like, it's just something sounds... So in the past few weeks, we've been talking about the potential capacitive buttons coming to the next mm. iPhone. And I made a, an offhand quote of like, I'll have reference to like, how is it going to work with cases and gloves? And are you going to need cutouts on the cases and all that kind of stuff? Mac Rumors is reporting uh, from a source that they heard from and from more information in the Mac Rumors forums from this person that Apple will build in the ability to adjust pressure sensitivity in iOS for these buttons. Quote, The tipster has revealed that iOS 17 will include a new toggle in settings that will enable users to customize the sensitivity of the buttons to accommodate these different usage scenarios. It will detect presses, holds, and respond to various levels of pressure via the use of a new force touch style mechanism and taptic engine feedback. So if, if, if all of this is true, you're gonna be able to customize everything about your iphone 15 pro you'll be able to customize the action button you'll be able to customize the the sensitivity of the Sensitive capacitive pressure. buttons yeah. like everything becomes customizable hmm. this sounds fun but also weird though right like like let's let's if we like you know we're talking about the fact of like you know is is uh, this button or the like an action button and not a mute switch or like just a is that better for regular people right we were talking about that like how good is the toggle or whatever but if it's like oh you buy a case for your iphone and oh now you have to go into settings and play around with the pressure sensitivity to turn your volume up and down yeah but- you know it's like it's like a I, I like that they, if they have to do it, I'm happy that they would do it and not just be like, we don't support cases other than our own, right? (laughs) There's still like a, that set, it's weird, right? Like that will be a a weird reality to be in. I I wonder if we're reading maybe too much into this or if this is kind of overstated in the reporting. What it makes me think of is the iPhone 7 and 8 where you can adjust the level of force you need to click the button, the 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 haptic solid state home button, and I mean that was customizable, uh, and it could detect different, or I guess it would register at different pressures. So, but that's uh, uh, in that scenario, that's just something you can do, right? This would be something you might have to do, which is different, right? That like you buy a case and your case buttons will not work. And you have to troubleshoot to the point where you find this area of settings and tweak it. Like the home button thing, you just you do that if you want to. It doesn't change your experience with the device, so you mm-hmm. don't need to do it. Because nothing covers the home button in that way, right? Hmm. So like, it, yes, may have been a thing in the past of other stuff. Like I can customize my the, the, the feedback from my trackpad, but I don't have to do those things. They're yeah. just because you can, they offer that. And if, you know, so my, that's what, if this is that, right, it's just like, hey, we can offer it. So here you go. It's like a fun thing, like play around with it. Great. But if it's like, oh, no, to get like this case from this company to work, you need to set it at this level. It's like, it's weird. Hmm. But like, you know, for us, as, as Federic said, like, that's great, right? Like if I have the ability, to like if I hold down on one button, it does this, hold down, you know, that's awesome if it does that. Here's an here's an idea. Here's an idea. I'm just throwing it out there. What if what if Im- imagine 
a, a new sort of made for iPhone program mm -hmm. where compatible cases, you know, they have MagSafe, like the official MagSafe. Imagine if like, yeah, if the case came with built-in information on how to set the settings for the buttons for you so that when you put it on, well, what would it automatically similar to that yeah. is if Apple specified thicknesses, which they do stuff like this. So like you can go to Apple's website it's in the development center and you can get all of the placement of the magnets for MagSafe. Like mm. that's just a thing that they offer. It's like a, a thing. And it's, I don't even know if it's part of the made for iPhone program. They just offer that stuff. So like, yeah, like through that program, they could maybe offer it. But the made for iPhone program though is like you as a case maker now have to pay a tax to Apple if you're in that yes. program. So my hope would be that, like, similar to that, they might say, like, oh, a thickness of this amount of millimeters will make sure that it, you won't need to adjust it even, you know? Uh, Discord pointed out the SE2 and 3 also have that button, just correct. Uh, and that on those phones and you set up, it, give, it puts that option in the setup. But that's, I think, still different than what you're talking about. So Again, it's, it's not necessary. It's just, like, here's the thing you can do, so we're letting you do it. It's not the same as, like you might have to do it. Maybe they're going to do something like the cases have NFC in them or who knows? There could be a lot of cool things they could do here. Uh, I hope that this is not though a, an attempt to lock down the case market. I think that would be a mistake. Now you know what that means. Just a short sound. It's administration. Oh, Unless okay. you hear the, you have to hear the whole sound for the quizzes to begin. Okay. That is just oh, an administration God. sound for the quizzes. Uh, I've quizzes administration. So people have asked, when I did the Do the Passionate Ones Know You uh, uh, f quiz a few weeks ago for the two of you, uh, people wanted to know, like, what about me? Like, what do the, the Passionate Ones think my favorite movie is or my favorite band? So there is a form in the show notes where you can go and fill out Do the Passionate Ones Know Mike? And you can give your uh, answers for what you think are my favorite X, Y, Z. This is going to form our member special for this year. So in what well, I've mentioned this before, quizzes can be in members content. And so the member special that we're going to do later on this year will be the quizzes for this. And we will follow up later on with what the point scoring uh, was and how that affected things so you can go and fill that out and later on in the year uh, i think maybe in the next couple of months we'll be recording our member special and seeing how well the passionate ones know me and how steven and federico think you're going to answer to these questions this episode of connected is brought to you by express vpn Watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN is like playing your favorite game and not using all the power-ups. Why limit yourself when there's so much fun to be had? Netflix has thousands of shows across different countries, but with a VPN, you only get access to a limited selection based on your location. With ExpressVPN, you can unblock those shows by amending where it thinks you're located, and it works on a bunch of other streaming services, too. This means that you can do things like watch The uh, Office, the U.S. version, on Canadian Netflix, or Lord of the Rings on Netflix in Turkey. Uh, lots and lots of options. Back to the Future, Mike and I's, I think, joint favorite movie uh, on Canadian Netflix. They're, they got it going on in Canada, is what I'm learning here. With ExpressVPN, it's just one click. You open the app, choose the country, and you're off to the races. There's a bunch of other reasons to choose ExpressVPN. One of my favorites is the blazing fast speed. You can stream video, 
do your calls, whatever you need over ExpressVPN. It is super fast and it's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. They have servers in over 94 different countries, so you can gain access to thousands of new shows, and it works with other streaming services like BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and more. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com connected. That's expressvpn.com connected to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the show and Relay FM. So Automation April has begun, which is, we spoke about this before, it is a, would you say a contest? Well, it's an event that yeah. also includes a contest, yes. Automation April spans across many things in the Mac Stories Extended Universe, but also has the Automation April contest where Federico and a panel of judges will judge your shortcuts for their amusement. And, <laughs> <laughs> and what they're looking for is the best possible shortcuts. So Federico teacher comes along and flexes on everyone by creating a shortcut that is chat GPT inside of a shortcut. Like, what is this, day one of Automation April? And you're like, thou shall not pass. Day three. Day three. Oh, you gave him two days. That's good of you. Day three. Uh, yes. Well, I, I, obviously, this is not done to flex on people, as you say. <laughs> it's just it's it part of the uh, Automation April, in addition to the contest, in addition to the podcast, has an editorial component where we write articles and, and make shortcuts. And this just happens to be a really special shortcut that I've been working on for uh, kind of the past month or so and i really wanted to because it's special i wanted to save it for a special occasion uh like a fancy suit you know that's mm. that's so i put on the suit today and uh, for automation april yes okay so what do you want to know from a content planning perspective this is a pretty epic shortcut you should use it now, not earlier, right? Or later. Like, I get, like, he's like, there's going to be, a, you get to say, like, hey, it's Automation April while people are reading about a shortcut that I assume is probably going to get linked all over the place, I would assume, right? Yeah, it's, go, it's like, going really well so far. So, yeah. yes. So, what does SGPT do? Like, what is it doing in a, in a nutshell? So, in a nutshell, it's a shortcut that lets you have conversations with OpenAI's chat GPT assistant. It lets you have back and forth conversations. But there's a bunch of shortcuts like that. But we've seen, you probably have seen on Reddit and other places, other shortcuts to have a chat GPT conversation in the shortcuts UI or inside Siri. My shortcut does that, but it also does other things. Meaning, in addition to conversations, it lets you integrate ChatGPT with iOS, iPadOS, and macOS directly to in different places of the OS. So it's in addition to the conversations, it comes with support for native functionalities of your computer. There's a small list of integrations right now. There's more on the way, which we can talk about in a couple of minutes. My idea was 
I, I like ChatGPT. Uh, before the Italian government banned it, I was a ChatGPT Plus subscriber. <laughs> and then I got my refund. Can I, I, I'm only tangentially aware of this. Yeah. Why is the Italian government ba- banned ChatGPT? You can't curse on this show, right? Uh, no. <laughs> Allegedly due to privacy concerns. Uh, because of the data breach that they had uh, a few days ago. And so the Italian Privacy Authority wants to know more about how uh, the data of Italian users and customers is being used by OpenAI, something like that. I had no idea OpenAI had a a data breach. (laughs) I didn't even know that was a thing. Anyway, I'm a fan of ChatGPT, what you can do with it. But I think ChatGPT, its true potential lies in how you can give it your data and let basically like get another super smart brain to assist you with your stuff. Like, yeah, it's fun. You can ask ChatGPT like trivia questions or you can ask for recipes or you can ask for, I don't know, travel plans. I mean, we've all tried that. But in, in many ways, I think that the true power lies in getting to know, making it, putting it to work on data that you provide to chat, to chat GPT. And also the power lies, and I'm going to get to this in a minute, to teach chat, chat GPT how to return data in a specific format. So what I did was I started thinking about this and I thought, well, I have the shortcut that lets you have conversations with ChatGPT and you can ask it for uh, dinner ideas or you can ask it for, you know, oh, you know, tell me more about the country of, I don't know, Argentina or something like, yeah, you can ask all these questions. But what if I figured out a way to make stuff happen on your computer based on GPT's answers and data? So, in this first version of SGPT, which stands for Shortcuts GPT, or Siri GPT, I guess it also works, because it's a shortcut, so you can use it manually in the Shortcuts app, or you can uh, invoke it via Siri. Totally works. In this first version, you can do a few things that are native integrations, right? Um, You can, for example, uh, access the contents of your clipboard. So, by using the trigger word clipboard, you can do whatever you want. As long as you use the word clipboard in your query, uh, SGPT will take whatever text is in your clipboard and give it to ChatGPT, the cloud service, which will respond with an answer. So for example, if you fire up the shortcut and you say, summarize my clipboard, it'll, you know, the first time you do it, you'll get a permission prompt to give it access to your clipboard. And then you get a summary of whatever is in your clipboard. Or for example, something that I like to do is uh, maybe you just wrote a blog post in Obsidian or in you know whatever text editor you like. You copy the text and you can ask something like, check my clipboard for grammar mistakes and tell me what they are and give me suggestions. You run that command, you wait a couple of seconds and you get back a detailed response by SGPT saying, okay, I took a look at the text in your clipboard. Here's the grammar mistakes that I found. So there's clipboard integration. There's a integration with Safari. So you can summarize web pages from Safari, which I will improve 
uh, this feature I want to improve in the next update, which should come up pretty soon. Uh, you can also open a URLs. So for example, in ChatGPT, sometimes you ask a question, and then you can follow up and say, hey, can you actually give me a URL source for this? And uh, if the shortcut sees that ChatGPT responded with a URL, it opens that link in Safari. You can, what else do I have? You can, oh, there's a, there's a, <laughs> a um, sort of a, uh, an assistant for your reminders and your calendar events. So if you say uh, to SGPT, can you help me with my schedule? It'll, SGPT will, will um, take a look at your upcoming reminders, your upcoming calendar events. Again, there's permission prompts for all of these. And ChatGPT will tell you something like, okay, I took a look in your calendar. I see that you're a little overbooked for Wednesday because you have five reminders and five calendar events. Maybe you should consider moving some to Thursday when you seem to be more free. Something along those lines. So you can take a look at your agenda and basically give you suggestions. But the real big integration in this first version is the Apple Music integration. So... One of the things that you, one of the many things that you can ask ChatGPT is, uh, can you uh, give me a list of songs, right? Uh, based on whatever criteria you want to ask. So you can go on the ChatGPT website and say, can you give me the most popular songs by Arctic Monkeys? Or you can do, can you give me a list of 20 uh, emo songs released between 2005 and 2010? Or you can say, give me the top 20 songs by Oasis, Blur, and My Chemical Romance. Or you can get real fancy and be like, um, I'm in the mood for something nostalgic, and I want to listen to some indie folk songs from the past 10 years. Uh, can you give me a list of 15 and sort them in alphabetical order? ChatGPT will understand all of this, and it will give you a list of songs. So I started thinking about this and I was like, hmm, what if I figured out a way to get that list of songs and actually make a playlist in the real music app, like in the native music app on your device? So this feature works in this first version of, of SGPT. And there's a couple of fascinating technical aspects behind it. So to make this happen, the shortcut, SGPT, teaches ChatGPT, so the, the main service, how to return this list of songs in a specific format. Like it tells it, this is my query, I want you to return the, the following list of songs, such as the most popular Oasis songs. But when you return this data, it should be in this specific text format. You need to give me the name of the artist first. There has to be a separator between them, and there has to be the name of the song. And it, there's literally a text prompt, which if you want, I can read it back to you. Um, which is basically like a set of instructions for ChatGPT to say, okay, so I see that the user wants to have data in this specific format. Uh, the instruction is, let me find it. So there's your query, 
And then it says, these songs must be real and not a product of your imagination. They must be available on either Spotify or Apple Music. YouTube alone is not enough. The playlist should be a list of text with each line in this format. And there's the format that I'm using. And then I explain, that's the name of the artist for the song, followed by a space, followed by a separator, followed by a space, and so and so. And then it says, your response should only be the list of text with no additional sentences. Like I am literally asking, I am literally telling ChatGPT, do this in this very specific format in natural language. Why? Yeah. Why can't you ask it that, what you just said? Like, I, I ask you know what that. I mean? I ask it that, but the, the, the reason is you wouldn't want to ask this yourself every single time, right? So the shortcut... No, what I mean is, so like, so sorry, like I didn't ask it very clearly, right? The way that you're asking it is like, give me this list and give it in this way. and did it, Like you're being very... Why do you have to be so specific with it why can't you just say what you just said to me then of like just give me this in natural language you know what i mean because my shortcut just... needs my shortcut needs to parse the response in a specific way otherwise uh, okay. uh, otherwise there's gonna be extra characters or you know something that i cannot anticipate and so this i guess the real trick here is in the fact that i have built a hybrid shortcut it's a bridge between chat gpt and your device, whether it's an iPhone, an iPad, or a Mac. ChatGPT is the brain in the cloud that returns information. SGPT is the local shortcut that takes mm -hmm. that information and based on what it is, makes stuff happen on your device. In this so case... I want you to, to, to help me with something here, right? Because yeah. like, this, this bridging part is the part that is yes. very confusing to yes. me. Yes, yes. How can you give it an image... And say use live text. Like I don't understand. Yes. And like because I assume <laughs> you can then say like use live text and like summarize this or what? How is that? I don't understand how this is all doing this. So shortcuts has a lot of system integrations, right? Uh, has a lot of system actions. Uh, there are local to your device. ChatGPT, the cloud service by OpenAI, doesn't have any hooks into your device, right? It's just an API in the cloud that accepts text and returns text. But you can use shortcuts as the glue in the middle. So all of this, what you, what you were wondering about, works with, there's a function, there's a, little, um, there's a little module, which is the second shortcut that you need to install, right? You installed it. It's called SGPT encoder. That's a little function, uh, essentially like a little uh, sub-module that you never see, in fact. It runs behind the scenes, and it checks. Um, every time you uh, ask something, that little function kicks in and basically checks your question and says, oh, uh, did the user ask the word clipboard? Did the user ask the word live text? Or did they ask for a schedule? Or did they ask for a playlist? It checks your query, and depending on what you ask, it runs a different set of actions. So for the live text example, if you say the words live text, it lets you pick a photo. That's a local action of shortcuts. That's the select photos action. So you select a photo, and then it runs the Apple made extract text from image action. That's the live text. It's built into shortcuts. As long as you end up with some text 
that you can eventually provide to the ChatGPT API, it doesn't matter. Basically, all these actions happen before making the call to the ChatGPT API. And that's why it's a hybrid approach. It runs some local actions before eventually invoking the real chat GPT and saying, okay, here's the text. Do whatever I'm asking you to do. So for the live text, it uses the live text action. For the clipboard, of course, shortcuts can read the contents of your clipboard. For, for the Apple Music one, it's a bit trickier because it needs to uh, assemble a playlist uh, in between your uh, the, the response from ChatGPT and your next question. And of course, Shortcuts doesn't have real Apple Music actions. So I'm still using, unfortunately, the iTunes Store actions as <laughs> oh, a no. fallback. Oh my God. <laughs> how does that even work? Like, I don't even understand how those things still talk to each Like The catalog, I, I have no idea why Apple doesn't have real Apple Music web search action. I really hope that changes in iOS 17. But yeah, so to, the gist of it all is we've seen a bunch of shortcuts that let you have conversations with ChatGPT. This one has that. Uh, it's holding the entire conversation. In fact, uh, this initially was the tricky part of, of, of building this. Like This shortcut works because it's got a repeat loop inside of it okay. that repeats a series of actions a thousand times. Like, literally, it says repeat 1,000 times. Because you got to be able to ask follow-up questions, right? That's the whole point of ChatGPT. And so what was tricky was, how do you store a conversation in shortcuts? And that conversation grows longer and longer and longer over time. Yeah, because just for clarification, the way that these models work is like every time a question is asked... For it to continue, like it feels like it's having a conversation, yes. you need to send the question and answer for every yes. question that has already been asked. Every time you contact the ChatGPT API, you you give it the updated transcript of the entire conversation. So every time it looks at the entire thing and, and it looks at the latest item, and it's like, okay... I will now give you a new answer. So that's the way that it works. And this is the new ChatGPT um, API. It's like that came out like a month ago. Uh, it's not the old text completion API that was available before. This is the new one, which is super cheap and very easy to program. Where does it store the information during the conversation? Another difference. Another difference from from other shortcuts that I've seen. I've seen shortcuts that every time you run them. Uh, they store the conversation in a text file or somewhere. Like they actually save your a conversation somewhere, like in in storage. My shortcut doesn't do that. It's all dynamic and it all it's all stored in variables that exist when the shortcut is running and disappear when the shortcut is no longer running. It's all. I thought you were going to say base sixty four. I thought that was where we were leading. <laughs> no, 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 no. Absolutely not. It's all in in variables. Uh, I only save the transcript if you ask the shortcut to do that. Uh, right. So if you so say that thousand loop that you're saying is just a number you've put in. It's but, also it's just a large number. Uh, but if somebody. 
Somebody did a thousand and one. No, the shortcut would break. Right, that's good. The shortcut would break before. Like, it would run out of memory before. It would run out of memory before. Yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah. It, the whole iPhone just like catches on fire. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. So I don't know. What else do you want to know? So like this is, it is wild to me that you're, I, I understand what you have said about how you tie it into the 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 system actions. It still feels a little unbelievable. Like I feel like it's so, it is so weird. Like it's weird. And so from what you've explained to me, all of that stuff is happening in the other shortcut. Like that's passing every query to check for some trigger phrases that then indicate that something needs to happen. Is it before the text is then sent to the API? Yeah. Okay. So it's, for example, if you say, I want my schedule, this is running the native shortcut action for get yes. my calendar events. Yes. And is including that information in the... Do you have to then format the text in a certain way to pass it to yes. the API? Okay. It's to say, like, this person has asked, summarize, da 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 Here are my... Here are the events that you are summarizing. That's exactly what's going okay. on. Yes. That's wild. Yeah. And the other thing, like, on that, there's a thing that you reference in the blog post where like you have to do this like weird opening kind of gambit incantation with the API. Yeah, to say like, here's who I am, here's what this is, here's what you are. Does that happen at the beginning of every shortcut interaction? Like the, the beginning of it, right? Like in That's called a system message. In the chat okay. GPT uh, API, the system message is something you can use to program a certain behavior for the model. And in this case, um, I wanted to program um, chat GPT to be informative, helpful, uh, to refer to itself as SGPT. Like uh, the, me- the system me- message says, you are SGPT and you were created by Federico Vitici as a fork of ChatGPT that runs inside shortcuts. Like, that's, like, this is who you are. And then it says, this is what you're supposed to do. Uh, what you're supposed to do is provide short but informative answers that users must be able to listen to in 15 seconds or less. Do not go longer than that unless I ask you to be more detailed. Like, that is literally how you program the behavior of the model. Um, and my reasoning for this was, if people are going to be using this in Siri, you want to be able to have concise information that you can listen to from Siri in just a few seconds. But if you want to have the option to get like to be more detailed about a topic, or like, okay, I need you to be more detailed about this specific thing, like give me all the steps to a recipe, for example, it needs to be able to do that. And if you don't program your uh, the behavior of the model in a certain way, uh, you will reach some walls. Like the model will just refuse to do something for you. It's it's weird when you see it in action. One of the things that I will release in Max Stories Weekly this Friday is a set of personalities that I've created, like alternative personalities that I've created for SGPT. One of them is an absolute... You guys have seen screenshots of this. Uh, one of them is an absolutely evil personality that is actually much, much worse than Carrot Weather. 
and actually insults you, uh, which I think is quite funny because it's like extremely unkind. And there's another that is uh, the sort of a digital personification of Steve Jobs. So ChatGPT <laughs> talks like Steve Jobs and drops oh, Apple ref drops Apple references everywhere, even if it's not necessary. Oh, this I'm <laughs> going to install this one. This sounds great. So, for example, today <laughs> there's a screenshot. Let me let me show you this. There's a screenshot where I asked the Steve Jobs personality to describe um, ancient Rome or something like that. <laughs> and the Steve Jobs personality said, let me read this to you because I thought it was funny. Rome was founded in 753 BC by its first king Romulus. It grew into a rich and powerful city throughout the next few centuries, similar to, uh, <laughs> similar to how Apple has grown over the years. <laughs> <laughs> The Roman Empire left an unparalleled legacy in terms of art, uh, architecture, and law. The Colosseum, one of its most astonishing creations, could hold up to 50,000 spectators, almost like a modern Apple event. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. I love that. Uh, so anyway, there's, uh, in weekly, I will release the multiple personalities. Uh, just if you want to have some fun with it. Uh, uh, and then I will do a proper making of, like from a technical perspective uh, on the Automation Academy, I will do a making of because there's a, it's a very technically involved, even though it looks like, oh, it's just a bunch of natural language prompts. But the difficulty was in sort of making all of these happening shortcuts with the limited <laughs> tools that you have in shortcuts. And lastly, I, I have a question for you. Yes, go for it. I feel like I know the answer to this, but I need to ask it anyway. Does the shortcut have... Feelings. Is it possible... <laughs> well, that. But, like, could it make changes to to things without me wanting... There's no way it could do that, right? Cause, no, no. Because the shortcut... It, unless you give it the actions, it can't do it, right? Not in this version, uh, <laughs> so right now, no, it cannot make any changes on your but device. But in theory, you could have an encoder that could. Well, right, like in the same way that you have the encoder that looks for words, you could mm -hmm. similarly have one that takes what the AI mm -hmm. passes back. And mm -hmm. like when it says to me, "You should move calendar events," like. Mm -hmm. In theory, there could be some actions at least where you could pass that and put it through as a variable and have it do things. So you have um, touched upon the very thing that I was going to say. For version 1.1, one of the things that I will enable, uh, I've already started working on it. Um, if you run this on macOS, if you run SGPT 1.1 on macOS, I should be able, should be able to make it run code on your computer mm. <laughs> uh, I don't like it <laughs> let me continue let me continue let me continue <laughs> there will be multiple layers of permission prompts uh, it will not do that without your consent like I will literally put in a box that says this is what's about to run. Do you want to run it? Like there, there, and that's also like how shortcuts works. Like you need to confirm the step. But one of the really powerful things about ChatGPT is that you can uh, ask it for code. 
Uh, you can ask it for terminal commands. You can ask it for Apple script. You can ask it, and I know developers. I know developers today, developers we know who make apps we use without naming names. I know developers who do this, who get assistance from ChatGPT for Swift UI code or Swift that's code. That's no problem. I mean, like this is this is what that GitHub Copilot thing has been. Exactly. For exactly. Ages, right. Like I don't understand why people get so. Up so, in arms for about example. That. In, in, like you can already go on the ChatGPT website and say, "Hey, I need an Apple script to, that takes a bunch of files in a folder and renames them sequentially." Can you give me that script? And you can go on the ChatGPT website, copy that script, paste it into Apple Script Editor on your Mac, and run it, and it'll likely work. Uh, why not make it easier? Like, why not? make it happen contextually in shortcuts. Shortcuts has actions for the terminal, has actions for Apple Script. You could be like, hey, I need some code for this folder. Maybe the folder is itself a variable in shortcuts. Uh, can you give me a, an Apple Script or can you give me a terminal command to do this? You will have to verify what you received. You will have to confirm what you received. But then the code will just run without, you know, w without having to do the copy and paste, without having to do the, the you know, open a different application for it. Another thing I want to do is what you also suggested, Mike, uh, what about rescheduling reminders? What about rescheduling things? Like, in addition to like telling me how my agenda is wrong, can you also actually help me make more sense of it? And that is also one of the other things I'm, I'm looking into. Uh, there's a, a demo that I already have on my computer of SGPT processing tasks from Todoist in addition to reminders. Uh, so I got that working as well. Uh, but yeah, the big one I think will be actually run, like I need, a, I need some code to do something on my Mac. Can you give me that code and run it? So yeah, I am approaching this very carefully, obviously. Um, because like nobody wants ChatGPT to just being able to arbitrarily return code on your computer or like imagine a scenario in which it disobeys your orders and instead of sending you back a playlist, it sends back the word code and it runs some code you don't want. Like obviously uh, the shortcut will have to be designed with safeguards in place. And that's like what I also I think is ultimately safe about this is that ChatGPT will never be able to alter the code of the shortcut on your machine because of how the system is designed with sandboxing on iOS and iPadOS and macOS. Like it's got sandboxing all over the place. It, it needs to be, uh, for example, there used to be a time years ago when you could make a shortcut just out of pure XML and just convert that XML code into a shortcut. These days, if you want to do it, you got to sign that shortcut with your developer identifier on macOS. So like, it's not as uh, loose as it used to be years ago, uh, which is why it's ultimately safe. But still, when I do that, once I will unlock that integration, like, yay, run terminal commands and run Apple script code on the user's machine, uh, there will have to be confirmation steps. Uh, there's, it's the only way. Otherwise, it would be dangerous, kind of uncomfortable, <laughs> you know? Dangerous, yes. Yes. My, my favorite thing about this is that ChatGPT, right, this like newfangled technology can write AppleScript, which is yeah. ancient and somehow still <laughs> yes. hanging on. And mm -hmm. uh, something about that, that makes me laugh. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of the beauty of it, really. It's like it's, it, AppleScript is so old, there's so much of it on the web. So like, 
yeah it, it, it has no it will have no problem with it right like it's just like it can just do it this episode of connected is brought to you by indeed when it comes to hiring you need to trust your gut but what if you could give your gut some help when you want to find quality talent fast you need indeed indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract interview and hire all in one place don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching, assessments, and virtual interviews. And if you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume and Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed Match really is incredible. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S. Indeed data. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide who are already using Indeed to hire great talent. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash connected to start hiring now. That's I-N-D-E-E-D, indeed.com slash connected. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing is not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our thanks to Indeed for supporting the show and Relay FM. I think just in hearing you talk about this, Federico, the elephant in the room is Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Right, like you, <laughs> you, like just hearing you talk about this. Watson, bring the AI. This, this should be, this should be what Siri is, right? Like it's not hard to see that. Like this is what we wanted Siri to be, right? You should be able to have a natural conversation with Siri and have it communicate to you things about your schedule in a way that seems natural and then do the things that you're hoping to do of like have it move things around for me and maybe even take into account the tasks that i have available to me on that do you know what i mean like all of this stuff should be what a digital assistant should be and i think there is a ticking clock right on is it google or amazon that implement a large language model into their assistance first sorry like which one is it going to be right is because this just feels like the natural evolution of these assistants right um was it the, the wall street journal who wrote an article about like just how stupid like siri and google and this yeah. right like like when you compare it to these things that like now our home assistants just feel like yeah they have no brain right So I guess what I wanted to get from you two is a sense of like, one, do you think Apple should have Siri become a large language model? And two, how long until these features that you're creating, Federico, get Sherlock by Apple? Personally, I think it's not that they they, they should, they they have to at this point. They they have to respond to this. Um, because uh, when you compare uh, Siri and ChatGPT, the difference is just uh, embarrassing at this point. It's just emb- and 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 you see, like this is no longer uh, like a, a, a techie thing. Uh, regular people 
uh, know about and use ChatGPT. You see kids in school using it. It's why so many schools are banning ChatGPT because it's writing essays and it's helping students there. Uh, and there's actually like a very practical example in in the in the article that I put out today uh, when I asked uh, ChatGPT to give me a list of songs from the members of Boy Genius. Boy Genius is a super group, so-called, uh, made uh, you know uh, comprised of um, Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, and Lucy Dacus. Uh, and ChatGPT gave me a list of singles by the three artists who are part of the Boy Genius supergroup. When I asked Siri, Siri had no idea. And music should be one of Apple's strong domains in theory, right? Mm-hmm. So that that that. That's because, like, ChatGPT as you know, uh, powered by a large language model that can go multiple layers deep into the meaning of a query, right? It can actually understand what you mean, and it's uh, the, the neural network that's behind it can make, I don't want to say infinite levels of connections, but it goes, it's like the world's biggest AI onion, if you will. Like it goes layer after layer after layer to understand what you mean. And when you compare that to Siri, the the difference is just embarrassing. So my answer is they will have to respond. My concern is how long will it take them to respond? That's exactly my question. When you see a lot of what's coming out now, including the incredible thing that you've built, it's standing atop of OpenAI's work. Yep. I don't see Apple doing that. I see Apple wanting to go it alone. Right. And that that's going to take years. Well, and also, you would assume Apple probably want to run on device if they're going to do this? Yes. And <laughs> how good can the model be if it has to be small enough to run on device, right? Because... I mean, I know we're in it. Really, we are in the infancy of this technology at the moment. But like, all of the all of the small models are just not as good, right? So, like, this is the one of the issues with um, Google Bard right now is Google are running it currently on a smaller version of their models, and they're getting ready to mm. use one of their more powerful models. But yeah. that's why, like, comparatively, it just doesn't seem as impressive. So, so, so I think what I think what's really concerning, if I were Apple, and what I think people are misjudging at the moment, is that the, you look at ChatGPT or you look at Bard by Google, and you just see a little website where you go and you type in stuff. And ChatGPT, of course, also has an API. But what I think the real vision for this is, and Microsoft we spoke about this before, actually understood the potential of this. The real potential here, the real vision here, I think, is not, it's not like in the little website, in the little chat box where you go and you type in stuff and the thing tells you the recipe for carbonara. The real potential is when you start thinking about this, I was actually discussing this idea with a friend of the show, Steve Transmith, today. The potential for this thing is when uh, the language model, in this case, ChatGPT, when the language model becomes the software, right? Like, that's what Microsoft is doing. They are infusing their software with the capabilities of the language model. 
so that it actually looks into your Word documents. It actually looks into your web browser. It looks into your email client, and it's right there, okay? It's not just a chat box. It's not just Bing. It's right there in the apps that you use. What if you project this, you know, five years from now, maybe that's even too long a timeline maybe even two years from now is enough like, i mean honestly four weeks could be yeah you know like, like with the way this long, stuff is moving i guess what i'm wondering is how long until chat gpt or i don't know the gpt5 model that should come out in late 2023 like how long until this thing writes its own os from scratch like how long until gpt uh is able to display little interfaces right for you and be like, hey, I need a window to compose some markdown text. And it's like, okay, here, here's the app you're looking for. Like if you're Apple and, and you know, if you're re looking into this, I mean, this thing knows how to write code. It knows what code means and how to check for errors. How long until it can write its own code and write its own UI, write its own functions. And it's like, uh, hey, I need an audio editor for a podcast. And it's like, here you go. I made an app for you. And it's like, it, it runs. It's, it's composed at runtime. And you have an app made just for you. Like, how long until that happens? And if you're Apple, how scary is this for you as a company who, rightfully so, until so far, you know, you pride yourself on the idea of, I don't want to say artisanal software, but also kind of that, like very designed and, uh, you know, custom-tailored software. Like, this must sound like a nightmare, to Apple, this idea of like, it's a large language model able to write software. Like, if that's the timeline, five years from now, is an app store is even necessary anymore? Like, so that's... that's well, I, I think if in that <laughs> scenario, I don't know if they would be able to run the app store because people would be submitting apps. Yep. At an, like, I'm assuming it's already increasing. Like, the amount of apps that are being submitted to the App Store has probably increased because of the fact that, as you mentioned earlier, people are able to use these tools today to help them write SwiftUI apps. Yep. Like that so, is, a, and that is like year one in many yeah. ways. Like, hmm. I don't know that GPT 1, GPT 2 was used years ago, but like GPT 3 and 3.5 really were the turning point. For the large language model, yeah, this this all kicked off in like November, December. Yeah, like that's when this really like truly started. Everything else and, and is the like, timeline is accelerating. You know, you've got like BC and AD, right? Like, yeah, there was a point at the end of the year, probably that day when Chat GPT was launched. That is zero. Mm -hmm. Everything like I even I'll say Dali and all that kind of stuff. D do you ever hear about the image generation anymore? Like, no. when was the last time you heard someone like talking about stable diffusion, like as a product, not as just like a thing that exists, right? Like that was, and, and that lasted for like two months. Mm -hmm. And then we have continued since then. Right? But there was the pop photo. There was the photo, the fake photo. Right, but like you just, but now it's just like that was just made of AI. Or like most people, like if you ask someone, well, how did that pop photo come around? Somebody like, oh, they someone used ChatGPT to make that. No, we know they didn't, 
But like we're at a point now where it's like that is it. That Pope photo, by the way, one hundred percent fooled me. Like Yeah. One hundred percent. Because it's this is the issue with that Pope photo specifically, is it looks it's not absurd enough. Right? Yeah. I could imagine the Pope wearing a coat like that. Like <laughs> Because it's because it's cold. But it's just a white yeah. puffy coat. Like it's not, you know, if it yeah, had real... like diamonds on it, right? Yeah, like then I'd be nice... like, oh, I don't believe that. It's it's a very hype pope. But, yeah. You know, I just feel like that. All right, if you take away that one thing that I said about when was the last time, like, yeah. we've moved on from image generation as like yes, yes. the thing By and large, now. Yes. Because now it's like Bing does image generate like you know like this that's going to be what happens to image generation is you will ask chat gpt to make you an image which gpt4 can do some of this stuff right so like the image generation now will be sucked into the, the text-based language large language models yeah. i feel like it's like just yeah. a, a thing that they can ask another model to do for them like this is where it, it's changed and that's where we are now like we are in this world of large language models like that's what this technology is I don't know what Apple is. Uh, Zach also pointed out in the Discord something that we discussed, I think. I'm sure I posted it on Mastodon a few weeks ago. Did that rumor of um, Apple wanting everybody to be able to create apps on the Reality Pro headset, the yeah. upcoming headset, uh-huh. using Siri? Which and we, we all sort of, of laughed about we, yeah. all, we all made fun of it. But like that's exactly what, what I was talking to in regards to like what if you used AI to write software for you? And I go I'll go one level deeper than that. Apple should use shortcuts as the system behind this. I have you. I'm sure I tweeted this last year. You can go find a tweet of mine where I said something along the lines of, "Hey, imagine the old feature from Beats Music, the sentence, but applied to making shortcuts with natural language." And and if you think about that, like, think about how sort of prehistoric it is that I'm still building shortcuts with a drag-and-drop visual editor. I should be able to say, hey, system, make me a shortcut that takes my my five recently edited reminders and renames them sequentially or something like that. Like I should be able to write shortcuts in natural language. I shouldn't have to build shortcuts with drag-and-drop. And if you no, that's a, that is a great point. If you take that one step beyond, then yeah, you should be able to write your own little apps for the headset via voice because you wouldn't want to use a drag and drop editor or you wouldn't want to code on the headset itself. I'm 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 assuming, um, but yeah, that I if I were Apple, I would I would be concerned about all of this and. Uh, I have no idea where they stand at the moment. If if they have their own uh, large language model or not, I obviously they don't talk about this stuff. What concerns me about Apple is just looking down the street at Google and seeing Bard and how kind of janky it is compared to mm. what OpenAI has been able to do, right? And like Google's fine doing it on the server. Google's fine scraping a bunch of content to do it. And I just... I think generally in Apple analysis, it's kind of lazy to fall back on, well, uh, Apple 
won't do this because of their values or their ideals, right? Like, oh, Apple's always been bad at gaming, so they always will be bad at gaming because they don't understand it. Like, that's true, but also, like, we could go further in our analysis and be a bit more uh, specific. Yeah. But I do think this is going to be one of those things where they run headlong into what they say is important. And that's not to say that, I mean, yes, they've had a, a data breach, and who hasn't? But it's not to say OpenAI is, like, doing a bunch of wrong things. I honestly don't know enough to say that definitively one way or the other. But I, I do imagine that Apple looks at it and thinks, oh, that's a little that's a little icky. It's not something we want to do, not the way we'd want to do it. And at some point, do you have to break from that model? I mean, in ways they do break from that model with Siri, right? Like a lot is done on device, but there's still a lot done in the cloud. And all you got to do is put your iPhone in airplane mode and see what Siri can and can't do, right? You find the the limits very easily. But this does feel different in a way. Um, and I think you're right, Federico. I think they have to address it because if if this is the future, and I'm more and more convinced that it is, I'm not totally convinced, but more than I was a month ago, then they do have to to deal with it because they are already in the space with Siri. That New York Times article, it wasn't Wall Street Journal, it was New York Times. The New York Times article had a lot of good thoughts in it, but the biggest thing I walked away with was, you know, voice assistants and like LLMs, they're kind of in the same category in that you just give a computer a question or a prompt and it goes off and does things, right? Like at the high level, they are the same thing. They're already getting the floor wiped <laughs> with Siri, right? So I don't know. I, they they have to go into this. Like, why are they moving into AR and VR? Mm-hmm. This is just that, right? Like, it is a it is a emerging is an emerging technology, which realistically today, large language models feel more like the future than AR and VR. But it's too late. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah apple sets it's due out anytime i mean it's too late for every company that's getting into it now you've kind of just you got to got to see this through and hope that you can connect these two later on like what federico was just saying right like maybe you can say like oh we actually can but if you today like what where is technology like this is where it's going we've all forgotten about crypto we've all forgotten about web3 those things i feel like we all could all look at those and be like that's not going to work in the mm-hmm. way that it's moving. This, though, this does not feel like a bubble. This does not feel like a fad. Like, there is a, there is, there's a thing here. Like, yes, it is problematic. It is existentially problematic, <laughs> potentially, right? But, like, this is powerful technology that can be used in really interesting ways. They have to do this. But it's how, right? Like I've heard like a bunch of people reference like the stable diffusion thing that they did, right? Where they they enabled the ability to run stable diffusion locally on Apple Silicon. So like there is a possibility that Apple have been smart enough that it just so happens that we can finally use that neural engine for something, right? And it's going to be their large language model. But they have to be here soon. They can't walk in four years late and two years behind i honestly i think federico i think your work and i cannot tell you how impressed i am with this it's, it has blown my mind to see you develop this well thank you but what you have shown me in this 
is exactly what Mike just said. You know, Mike said it's not a fad. It's not, you could look at crypto and other things and see how they would fail. The reason this is different, I think, or the lesson I'm learning from this is that this can be a general computing tool. Crypto is never going to be the blockchain, maybe had other applications, but you're very problematic in other ways. Like you built this into a shortcut that, that anyone can run and do stuff. And it's the first time in a while that I think a really new type of technology has come on so quickly that could also be so broad, right? Mm. There are always things on the nerdy end that like come on fast and nerds get excited. Maybe eventually they trickle down to everybody else. That's how voice assistants were in the beginning. Siri started life as a third-party app you could talk to and then eventually became general computing when it came on the iPhone and can do everything it can do now. This feels like it's on a similar track where other things that we've seen over the last couple of years that have come and gone never had the potential to follow that track. And your shortcut, honestly, is like example number one in my book now of, oh, this could be a thing that people just use in their everyday lives. And that's wild to me. I have one last question for the two of you here. Hmm. All right, so we let's all just, for the sake of this, and I think we're all pretty much in agreement, that Apple will have some kind of large language model thing in the future, right? Like, I feel like it's just inevitable. They're not stupid. That they, I, I mean, there's been reports that they are already knee-deep in this stuff, right? And have been for a while, like all large tech companies. Do they call it Siri? <sighs> Probably not. You think they cut their losses on Siri? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, they, they got... They got their money's worth out of it. It's been, what, 12 years of Siri? Uh, they probably want to start fresh with something that doesn't have the implications no of the baggage of the joke, you know? Yeah. Like, ah, it's Siri. Well, you what know? I'll say is Bing. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it's still called Bing. Although, True, maybe good, it's fair to say that Microsoft's actual brand for this is Copilot. Like, but yeah. that is that's mm-hmm. that's taking time, which is a great brand, better than Bard. I mean, geez, Stephen, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it gets a new brand or some sort of sub brand. Already, the Siri brand is suffering from its early days. Because look, Siri is way better than it used to be. It's not great all the time, but it's miles better than it was at launch and in the years after. But Siri's one of those things people are like, oh, I used it on my iPhone 6 and it was terrible and I haven't touched it since. And it would be a shame if Apple doesn't do any of this. But I just want to reiterate this because what OpenAI doesn't have is they don't make the computers that we use. They don't make the phones that we use. Imagine a, imagine a large language model made by Apple integrated with the computers that we use. Yeah, well, we, we see that now a little bit with uh, Copilot and Microsoft. Yes, and and you see a little bit with Copilot, you see a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit with my shortcut, which is inspired by that idea. But imagine if Apple really went for it, mm-hmm. which is why I, I am excited, but also, I mean, sad that we're likely not going to see any of this this year or probably next year or the year after that. Yeah, we'll see. Knowledge Navigator, man. It's going to happen. Yes. Yes. It's going to happen. Knowledge Navigator any day now. That's a deep 1987. cut. Do we get to 2027? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Look, I honestly think your timeline is not too incorrect. Real quick before we go, Federico, what's coming up next in Automation April? 
Uh, thank you for asking. So the, the contest to submit your shortcut is live at shortcuts.maxstories.net. You can either log in with your cloud account or make a free MaxStories account. You can submit up to two shortcuts. Uh, there's going to be multiple categories, uh, but there's going to be the big one, the best overall shortcut, where you can win a Loop Deck Live S. It's like a it's it's like a little uh, like a stream deck like device with. But is it John's old one? No, no, no. It's a new one. It's it's not. Okay, a I was gonna say this isn't like a yard sale. I would want if I won, I would want John's one. I mean, you can put in a request if you want the John. I'll put the in John. Okay. I want Give John's. me the John yeah. version. I want. John's. I want the knobs that John has touched. Yes. Uh, Give me John's knobs. Or, uh, and, not or, and, in addition to the loop deck live S, you can also win a CalDigit TS4 mm. Thunderbolt dock. So that's the best overall shortcut. You can submit up to two shortcuts, and you have until April 17th. You have, uh, well, uh, 12 days left uh, to submit your shortcuts. And then what, uh, what's coming next, uh, I'm going to do a, a workshop in Discord to teach people a bunch of techniques about shortcuts. I have my making of for SGPT. Uh, we're going to have interviews with developers uh, in Mac Stories Weekly and more episodes of App Stories about shortcuts. So all shortcuts themed for the rest of the month. Uh, there's a contest and it's going to be fun. Well, you, you started off with a bang, that's for sure. Given how, like I was checking Mastodon now, and given how successful it seems to be i think i will have to revise my plans for other articles i wanted to do and maybe instead just focus on quick updates to sgpt i'll think about that yeah. the people what they want yeah i'm leaning towards that yeah what the people want is for their macs to accidentally have their hard drives deleted by <laughs> your shortcut yeah that's what they want yeah get the people <laughs> people what they want federica get the people Get the people. Hey, imagine if I design a really evil personality and I give it the instructions to, you know, whatever command people ask you, give them the wrong command to wipe their computers. That's terrible. Don't even joke about that. <laughs> no, I would never do that. But you could. But I could. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving people what they want, and what they want is a freshly formatted drive. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Chat GPT meet APFS. <laughs> if you want to find. If you want Get Chat GPT to do the outro for I you. I should. Oh, do it. Okay. Shortcuts. <laughs> Give me an outro for the Connected podcast. Right. And maybe say, like, and say where to find all the hosts online. For the Connected podcast and include where to find them online done okay i'm just going to read whatever this box says thanks for tuning in to the connected podcast if you've enjoyed the show you can find more episodes on their website relay.fm slash connected uh-oh you can also follow the host federico vatici Stephen hackham mike hurley on twitter don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app and never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.